want to share with you on the topic of what God wants. And if we could just pray together and we'll go right into the word. Lord Jesus, Lord, we honor you in this place, oh God. We, Lord, we take this moment, Lord God. We, we seize this moment, Lord. This is the time that you've given your church, Lord. This is the time that you've given us, Lord, that we would love you in this, in this day, in this season, Lord, in this city, Lord God. Even on this Sunday, Lord God, when folks are gathering all around to celebrate some things, Lord, that are contrary, Lord, that are against your nature, Lord, what you have created us to do and to be. But Lord, we, Lord, gladly and boldly celebrate Jesus. Jesus and all that you've done for us, Lord God, and the life that you've given us, Lord God, a life, Lord, of purity and of godliness, of freedom, Lord, Lord, a life of joy, Lord, and a life of freedom together, Lord, in a community of the faithful, Lord, so we honor you and we bless you and we ask you, Jesus, we want to hear from you, Lord. Lord, encourage us, instruct us, Lord, speak to us, even correct us if need to be corrected, Lord God, and lead us, Lord, we need your leading. Oh God, we love you so much. We, Lord, there is no life apart from you, God. And we want to know what you have to say, what you want to do, and what the plans that you have for us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Praise God. So my wife and I, we have two children, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. So we've actually have this funny story to share with you. We have this almost a tradition now. Every Sunday morning we, we get out of the house and we buckle up in the car. And whether on the way to the car or while we're buckling in the car, our seven-year-old son, who is a character at this point, uh, seven going on, like 16 maybe, um, he always just comes with this, this gentle, quiet voice and just very uh, respectful and quiet and just so, uh, uh, just great, uh, great show. Uh, and he says, Daddy, um, oh, uh, how many services are we going to today? And, um, you know, because really I... I, he knows, and um, the daddy loves to go to all three services, and mommy, and, um, and there's many great reasons for that, and, and I hope that you all take advantage of that, but um, there's an agenda behind that, you know, because he's asking daddy's will, daddy's plans, because he's got his own plans. So he knows that he's going to get his way, but he's got his own way and his own agenda, and he wants to know what I have planned so that he can scheme and at just the right time he can come up with just the right thing that he's learned uh, to come up with uh, to get his way and so in terms of our theme for this evening is uh, what God wants all of us by now we have come uh, I, I, I hope and if you're a new Christian I hope that very soon you will come to know at least this scripture uh, out of uh, Jeremiah 29 11. for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans or will to prosper you and to not harm you plans to give you hope and the future I hope that all of us here by now and, and very soon if you haven't yet we'll discover we want to be in God's perfect will so how many here want to be in God's perfect will all right, praise God, most hands, thank God. All right, you're, you're, that's a good thing, you're, you're getting somewhere. All right, so, but, and that's great because a mature or healthy Christian at whatever place of your, uh, of your Christian, Christian walk you might be at this point, you realize that you find true purpose, true meaning, value for your existence when you're doing what God wants you to do. Uh, I, I hope that you do because that's the truth. When you go from under God's direction, God's path, you start to get in trouble. Now, you will also have trouble being in God's will, 
But the great thing about being in God's will that you know when trouble comes your way, you're safe. Because trouble, any trouble that comes your way, God uses all kinds of things to, to buffet us, to build us up, to, to cut things away from us. So you know that there is safety, there is security, there is provision, there is a covering when you're in God's will. And so that's the great thing. But one thing about uh, us seeking, us desiring to know God's will is that ultimately as we're growing in Christ, a lot of times there is a... It's, it's about us. We, we want, you know, I, I want to make sure that I get what, what I need. I, I have plans. I have desires. I, you know, I want a spouse or I want a family or I want a job or I want friends. I want a community. There's all of these things. But really, it's important before we get there, there's priority. There is a priority in, in uh, how plans in a Christian's life, in the church, ought to be structured. And the most uh, uh, very significant and important point for us to consider as we grow, as we go with Jesus, is that our plans have to take a back seat. God wants to honor his son in human history. And let me explain it to you for, for, for a moment. You see, in the Old Testament, God would prophesy to, the, to his people and say, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to do a great thing. I'm going to save you. I'm going to perform great signs and wonders. I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth for you, but not because you're great. So don't get proud. I will do it for you, and I do love you, but I'm going to do it because my name is great. God's name is great. And that's, that's, a, that's, we want that. You know, some folks that don't know Jesus, don't know God, don't know his ways. They would say, what kind of narcissistic God do you serve? Well, God is the standard. He is the standard. He is love. He is justice. He is wisdom. There is, if, if he is not the standard, if there is some kind of other standard, then we're not going to get what's good for us. Things cannot uh, work in their paces, in their, in their, in their ways that, that, that the earth functions and that humanity goes. He is the standard. So we want God to glorify himself because that is when he is lifted up, all goes well. And so in the New Testament, praise God, God's will, what God wants in the New Testament and for the church age. Now God wants to honor Jesus, the name of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus says, I only want to glorify God. Jesus says, I don't do anything that I want to do. I do what he gives me. And I say what he tells me to say. And I go all the way to the cross because that's what he planned for me. And in this, God will be glorified. And even I will be glorified, Jesus says, that I go all the way to the cross. And so what does God really want? So it's important that as we get to uh, God's will, perfect will for our lives, which is so incredibly important, that we get the structure, the priority right. God wants to honor his name. And now God chooses to honor Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ glorifies and honors his name. And then the next thing that God really wants, he wants a people. He wants a people of his own. You know, all through scripture, if actually you, if you have a Bible app or, um, yeah, any, any Bible app on your uh, a laptop or your computer or your phone or tablet or your iWatch or whatever else, if you, they make chips that go in your brain one day, you can, you can do that way too. But if you click the search button and you put um, my people or be my people or, or put those words in there, you realize all through scripture, this is so powerful. God is always seeking for a people of his own. God has been looking for a people who will be 
his people. And what he's really, God doesn't like to do a half, halfway job. My wife's from a Caribbean culture. She grew up here, born here in the States, but her parents are Guyanese Indian. She, I, this saying that I, I love, six for nine. Anybody ever hear that? Six for nine. All right, we got a, some Caribbean folks. This is a funny term. God doesn't do six for nine. And what that means is you get six for the price of nine. All right, you, God doesn't like to do halfway things. He doesn't like to do that. He does things to the uttermost. When he chose to save you, he paid by his son's life. Jesus, when he came in obedience to his son, he didn't do a halfway job. He went all the way to the cross in obedience even unto death. And so when God chooses to have a people, he doesn't do it halfway. He wants it to the uttermost. He wants all of you. He wants a people, his people, to be completely his people. So, all right, so we got this. God's name, the name of Jesus who honors God's name, and his people. And all of that can really be termed, what does God really want? His kingdom. Because in his kingdom, every kingdom has a king. Every kingdom has a people. The king is in his rightful place on the throne. And the people are in their rightful place in submission, in subjection, in love of their king. And they walk within the boundaries that the king sets. And they do as the king orders because the king is a good king. And the people all goes well with the people. And in the New Testament, we have this powerful scripture. It has uh, become my life motto. I hope it's yours. I believe it is our church's. It's out of Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. As we consider God's perfect plan for our lives, that structure that we talked about, God's perfect plan for our lives, we have to safeguard God's kingdom. You see, we play a role. We, we serve a part. If this choir, man, God bless them. They, they serve us every, every week. They serve us. They bless us. They fight for us with worship. Every single voice matters. This music, uh, band here, this musical band, every instrument matters. Yes, maybe one of them might, might take off or might be sick. But what if all of them took off? There would be nobody there. The body of Jesus Christ, you might feel like you're not significant or important to the body. But believe me, you are incredibly significant. How you view God's uh, will for your life is incredibly important. You might say, oh, you know what? Leave, leave, the, leave all that extreme stuff. Leave that to the pastors and the elders or the folks that are real extreme. They always raise their hands and dance and, and all that stuff. Leave it to those folks. No. As a body of Jesus Christ, we have to be a well-oiled machine. You know, uh, um, I love this analogy. I believe it's been used quite a bit in, in, in sermons. But um, uh, I think it was the Spartans. They had this defense structure where they would uh, put their shields together. And every shield, it was locked in such a way that, uh, that every single shield was a vital uh, uh, component to the, to the safety and the protection and the defense of the army. And if one went loose, that was the weakest point. And the, uh, and the invading army or the, the, the enemy would penetrate through that place. But so I say to you, my dear brothers and sisters, it's really, it's very important how you pursue God's will for your life. Now, all of us, we go through various uh, um, 
uh, sometimes superstitious methods, uh, ways, uh, rituals of seeking God's will. Some folks, some folks lock themselves in a very dark room and they get on their knees and they better be the hard floor, no carpet because God won't answer my prayers. God won't reveal my, uh, the, his perfect will for my life unless I suffer a little bit. You know, other folks, they got to lay just flat on, the, on their face on the floor. You know, some people got to pace. Some folks, they feel like they have to fast 40 days and 40 nights. And there's all these different things, but there is, in Scripture, there is a place and a way for us to, to know how to discern God's will. And actually, it's out of Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I'm going to actually read it to you real quick. But before I do, actually, let me read it to you first. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is Paul writing. In, um, in the book of Romans to the church in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that, uh, what God's will is. His good pleasing and perfect will. And I, I have some thoughts to share with you, four points on, on how really to, to get to a place where you can know God's will for your life, because God has a will for your life. He has a, a, a place uh, uh, in his church designated for you, a role and a job to do. That's important. And if you don't do it, it will be not done. Somebody else will have to pick up the slack and do your job for you. And just before we get to the points, Rome, uh, Romans was written by, by Paul, and this passage comes at the, at the midpoint of this book. Now, now Romans is such, a, is such a powerful book. This one book, Romans, really captures the, really the essence of the whole Bible. He goes and he touches on everything. He touches on sin. He touches on salvation. He touches on judgment. He touches on, on even the Jews and, and the Gentiles and how together they can become one body. But in this place, Paul, uh, in uh, chapter 11 he, he touches on, on conceit or, or pride. How the Gentile believers, who, as Paul describes in chapter 11, we are the wild branch that have been grafted into this olive tree. And the olive tree, this, this imagery here, it represents Israel. That in the Old Testament, God went after and had a people for himself. And he's brought oracles and prophecies and a word to this people. And this people have gone through seasons and seasons of both success and failure. And God brought his, his character, his nature, his ways. He brought his word and his law to this people. But this people did not continue after God's agenda. They did not pursue his will. They did not remain in his kindness. And did not believe or accept his son. And so God rejected those that continued in unbelief and left his kindness, his mercy. And therefore opened the door, according to Romans, Romans chapter 11, for the Gentile world who were outsiders. Who were destined to, to be lost for an eternity without, without God. So in God's mercy, in light of God's mercy... We have this opportunity that God opened the door of salvation. And so uh, the book of Romans, all the way up the first 11 chapters, Paul describes in fine detail every, uh, every detail of our salvation. 
It's powerful. I, I recommend that you read that this week if you have the opportunity. But here in chapter 12, in these two verses, these two verses form a transition, a bridge into the second part of the chapter of how we practically live out this great salvation until the day of Christ's return. And right here, right in this portion, really I would say in the middle of the book, is, are these verses. And I want to go right into this point, first point. In light of his great mercy, the rare path of his will is available to us. And I want to read to you out of Isaiah 55, verses 6, 7, and 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found, yet be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. And verse 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We, our plans... Our processes, our thoughts, our human perspective. And this day, it's so important when so many uh, Christian persuasions and um, gimmicks, a lot of gimmicks rise up these days. A lot of people, there's just bandwagons. And, and really, they want to force uh, uh, this uh, sacred word, this divine word, this instruction, this command, this, this leading that God has given us that is supernatural. It's, it's out of a heavenly, eternal kingdom. That he's brought it into humanity and he's opened the door for human people to become his people and to walk with him. And so many persuasions that call themselves Christians or of the, of claim to be Christians, they smell, they sound, they appear so much like the carnal world or fleshly world. Or, or they're just so worldly. Their processes are only logical. Only logical. They only make sense to, to, uh, in, in a human perspective only. And when I say that, it's only within the scope of our existence on earth. But as a Christian people, as I said, as God's people, people say to the uttermost, we are an eternal people. We cannot limit the scope of what we do, of how we see ourselves, the operations of the church, just to our earthly existence. We cannot plot our course, chart our course, just based on, on just these laws that govern our human existence. And what happens so often when you do that, when you begin to limit our perspective of God's will for the church and for our lives, just our human existence, culture begins to take over. And then there's inconsistency, because even in this church, we have so many cultures, a hundred different nationalities. Literally, we can have a hundred different cultures. And so that is why it's so important that we know God's will. And sometimes and very often, it does not make sense to the human mind. And therefore, as the scripture we read out of Romans, it's so important that we renew our mind and be transformed, not conformed to the pattern of this world. And so it's futile to think, to seek security and provision outside of God's unique plan for our lives. It's foolish. You know, as a... As a a young adult now, myself, I guess, with the new rules of, of, uh, of being all the way up to 35. I'm 34. Uh, I'm still a young adult. There it is. Uh, um, as, a, as, a, as a getting a little older, I realize how much time I wasted, how much effort I wasted uh, building, pursuing things, ambitions, businesses, uh, relationships, friendships, and identity, appearances. How much effort I put into my appearance, the way that I sounded, the way that I came off, what people thought of me, 
you know, how to secure best uh, for years. I mean, I was, I was, it was a science to me how to get an upper, upper, uh, upper hand in, in the workplace to get myself positioned so that I can just grow, go and, 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 and get advanced. Scripture says in Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2, unless the Lord builds a house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards who stand watch do so in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. And so God's plan, that unique path, he will reveal it to us if we do it his way. All right, and so just um, um, don't play games with God. God will not be mocked. Don't play games. God is not silly. He's not foolish. Um, when you're coming out from the world, it's, it's part of the, the worldly mindset that Christians, we don't, we're foolish, that we're ignorant, that we have got ourselves locked up in a bubble and we don't see outside. And so therefore, the conclusion that so many have uh, from the outside is that we're a bunch of fools. And so sometimes those that do come in and get saved, thank God, um, you still continue to maintain this, this mindset for a while that you'll pull a quick one on God. All right, and so I want to read to you a scripture out of Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. A man reaps whatever he sows, whatever he sows to please his or her flesh. From the flesh, he will reap destruction or corruption or trouble, uh, pain. All right, suffering. And uh, whoever sows to please the Spirit, rather, from the Spirit, he will reap eternal life. God will not be mocked. You, I know that sometimes we have pure motives. We, we, we want to seek God, and we do, but we're really still seeking the things that we're seeking. Pleasure, right? Comfort. And a lot of times those two go on hand. Life is hard. There are areas in our lives where the healing of the Lord hasn't come in yet. And we come through and we, we provide a pleasure where God sometimes wants to give us a season of, of saying, I want you to get sick of your sin. I want you to be so sick of this sin of yours that you're going to cry out to me with all your heart and then I'll be ready to save you. But we, what we do is we say, no, 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 no. All right, God, I'm going to seek you on a Sunday Maybe I'll come to a Tuesday prayer meeting. But then on a Friday, I'm going to go out. Forget that young adults meeting. You know, it's too small. It's not exciting enough for me. The music is not loud enough. I'm going to go out to a club. Because I want, I want to feel good. I want to feel like there's a reason uh, for, 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 for my existence. There is, there is, I, I, I want to feel good. And so you're providing for yourself that God is not providing for you. And what happens is those issues that you have been uh, over years struggling with, they don't go away. And they're not going to go away. God is not superstitious. It's not, it's not magic. It's not a formula. God is looking for obedience. All right? God is looking for obedience. You know, one of the things that I, I forgot to mention. One of the things, so after we get the structure, so God's name, the name of Jesus Christ, God's church, which forms the kingdom. The next thing God really wants is fruit. See, God invested. He invested uh, highly. He invested everything so that the church could come into the kingdom and advance the kingdom on the earth as the prayer of Jesus. Uh, Jesus teaches his disciples to pray 
He says, let pray so that God's will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so God wants a return on his investment. God wants a return on the investment of Christ into you. He has given to you everything in Christ. He wants a return on that. All right. And so God himself wills to bring us in. Striving, striving cannot produce the supernatural. John 6, 63. The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. Um, the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. We can strive all we want. Strive to do both. Hustling. Hustling. I'm going to really give God everything I got over here. I'm going to really put my foot, best foot forward because I realize, you know, I got to do the God thing. But you're still trying to get your, God's not moving fast enough. You still have an agenda. The spirit alone. The work that God is doing alone. God's timing alone gives life. Gives healing. Gives a breakthrough. Brings the people, the things, the job, the houses, the friends, the community. The experience that we're hoping for. The, 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 the joy that you've been waiting for. In God's timing. Spirit alone gives life. And now it takes us to, to point number two. Be ready to give all. To get all God has planned. Be ready to give all. Be ready to give all. To get all that God has planned. Sometimes, all right, let me say this instead. Almost every time, it's going to look like this will cost you everything. Whenever God begins to reveal his will for your life, and he begins to speak, and sometimes you'll be that momentary thing that comes in during worship. That happens to me a lot. In fact, I get a lot of things in worship. So take advantage of worship. If you haven't yet, that's a great time. You just raise your hand and you just stop thinking about everybody else. You just lift your hands up and you say, Lord, I just, I just want to worship you with all of my heart. I want to give all of who I am, no matter how awkward I look, how tall I am. And everybody's staring right in the back of my head here, right? And I'm just going to get, God begins to speak. And a lot of times that word comes in and it scares the heck out of you, right? Because it spells out the end of your plans. It spells out your, your scheming like, all right, I think I got this, God. All right, either you're going to do this and that and the other thing. And if you don't, I'm going to have to do this and that and the other thing. And we're going to get right here. And we're going to do it. And God says something else over here. And you're like, God, but I got this thing all figured out. I've been working for a few months or years now on this. And let me read to you a scripture out of John 12, 24, 25. Verily, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed you're going to be stuck with your plants for the rest of your life I hope for your sake that's not the case but if it dies it produces many seeds anyone who loves their life will lose it anyone who hates their life in comparison or is willing to give up their life to the Lord and trust in this world will keep it here and for an eternal life all right. Trust the whole, your whole being to him, even against your natural instincts. I, I just real briefly, you know, six months uh, ago, I, I was um, brought in. Actually, this week, six months ago, I was, I was brought in by Pastor Carter to, uh, to lead the young adults ministry. And man, I am naturally a very shy person. I don't like attention at all. I, I know sometimes it might seem contrary uh, to some folks that know me, but uh, but I, I don't like attention at all. 
In fact, I was deathly afraid. I remember when, when they, I was asked to be on that platform here to pray on Tuesdays. Man, I would, I would grip my teeth and just hang to, the, to that chair or whatever that was behind me when we were seating. I mean, I was gripping my hands together. I was terrified, but God wanted me up here to pray. He called me. He told me he wanted me here, and I felt his leading, but I didn't like it. I didn't like it, and when they called me to be praying up here at the mic, oh my gosh, my arm holding that mic, all the blood would drain from my arm because I was gripping it so hard. I was terrified. And I mean, God, thank God he would come through and he would be so faithful. But I remember I just didn't want to go. And I remember I was sitting here on the, on the platform when Pastor Carter was about to announce us. And my God, I was so nervous. But I said, Lord, if I perish, I perish. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what happens? See, that's, that's your self-preservation instincts. And it gets worse. God might call you to the mission field where there's danger to your health. Or he might call you to a, a, a place to, to evangelize if that's what God is calling you to do. Somewhere where it might be, might be dangerous. Maybe you'll get beat up or, or hurt or whatever. These days, I mean, if you go evangelize right, out, right outside right about now, you might, you might have to uh, be spirit-led. Uh, but uh, as the Lord leads. Um, but what God does, he does a supernatural. If it's God's will, his leading, it opens the door to the supernatural. Amen? All right. It's not your motives God wants. It's your bodies. It's not your thoughts God wants. We read out of... Uh, Romans, it says, uh, but present your bodies a living sacrifice. It's not your motives God wants. It's not your good thoughts. All right, I'm really going to really do this. I'm just going to hope to do my best. And as, as the Lord leads, when it comes down to it. No, God wants your bodies. He wants your bodies. The way that you look. The way that you think about yourself. Whether good or bad. Or whether too good or, or too bad. All right? It's not your motives. It's not your best intentions. He wants your bodies, literally where your body ends up on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Where your body lies down to at night, whether that person next to your body is a spouse with a ring on their finger or not. Who that body calls on that call and what kind of conversations you have. Gossip and other kinds of things. What God wants, a living sacrifice, it says there to yield. Meaning present or to give up, Lord, whatever you want. All right? Your bodies. Present your bodies as a sacrifice. Meaning, God, this is my offering. This is everything I have to give. And then it says holy and pleasing. And what that means is acceptable to God. It means uh, offer your bodies not halfway. God didn't do your salvation halfway. Thank God for that but completely holy, holy and, and set apart. Now, it is a process, and God is so gracious. And that's why God's will is so important, because God doesn't, he doesn't reveal, doesn't shed his spotlight on your spotlight of conviction on you all at once. He just go, goes one at a time. And there is grace for the other things that are clearly wrong in your life, and everybody but you knows it. But you might not know it yet, because God's light hasn't shone on it. But you can trust God's will and his timing. But when the light is on it, Time's up. You got to present your bodies holy 
and acceptable. And that means you got to go through that stage of, of, of dying, dying to self. A sacrifice in the Old Testament, that's exactly what he was referring to. It's when an animal was, it was put to death. But God is saying living. Offer your bodies a living sacrifice. So in other words, be ready to give it all. Perish if I must. But do so living. So when you go to work, Lord, this might just be my last day on the earth. Oh God, help me. Love people. Serve God. Love God. Stand up. But as you do so, God comes through. He backs you up. And what you do is when you step out in that way, a greater portion of his will becomes available to you. And I just want to say this, uh, a few thoughts in closing. We have a role to play in our transformation, point three. We play a role in our transformation. God has done everything on his part. He paid, he made that investment. He paid a high cost. And in, in Romans uh, 12, 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We play a role. There's a saying that I grew up with. My mom used to tell me growing up all the time. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. Show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. Be transformed by God's word. So much, uh, so many times, especially with young adults, you know, everybody wants to pray for everybody. Everybody wants to uh, offer counsel to everybody. Everybody wants to come through and, and to, to be a teacher. And a lot of times, if we knew the issues that they were dealing with in God's timing, God's perfect leading, in God's grace, we would not be asking them. We'd be asking the pastors, and a lot of times the pastors, they don't give you opinions. Your friends who don't know much gives you opinions, but the pastors, they just give you the word of God because they know that's the only thing that's going to set you free. Be renewed in your minds. That's our, we choose what goes in here. We choose where we run when we have trouble. Whether you run to the TV preacher, where you run to your best friend, whether you run to the Lord, come up here and pray with the elders. Make an appointment with the leader of a ministry, with one of the pastors, with the elders. But don't just go and ask advice. Just, just, just hearsay. I'm, now, don't get me wrong. We have godly friends, and we call it with the Barnabases, people that are going in the right direction, and we're going in the right direction with them, right? But people that are not really seeking to give their lives uh, to the Lord completely, seeking the kingdom first and its righteousness and the fruit that's born by that kind of lifestyle, you don't want opinions, if you want to be transformed, because you're not going to hear the will of God if you're not transformed. And be renewed in your mind. James 1.21. We got to allow our minds to be renovated. That word renew your mind means, in, if, you, if you look at the original language, to renovate. Replace what's outdated, what doesn't work anymore. James 1.21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly Accept the word planted in you, which can save you. The word of God will save you. And finally, point four, God will gladly reveal his will to those who are ready. Amos 3, 7 says, Sovereignly, the, uh, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. 
God is willing. Oh, God wants to reveal his plans. He wants to reveal his, his plans, what he's doing. I would love to know what God is doing in a year, but it's not necessarily for me to know everything, but my portion, the portion that pertains to me. And the scripture says, God does nothing without revealing his plan to his, his people. In this particular case, the prophets. Why? Because they are ready to act. A lot of the prophets, they were put in jail. They were, they were beaten. The scripture says that they were, some of them were stoned and murdered. They were, they, they were treated harshly. Why? They didn't bring their own word. They were submitted to God's will. God is willing, he's gladly will reveal his plans to you if you are ready. If you're ready. Uh, one of my favorite sayings from Pastor William, he was... Um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. All right? So we see this pattern in Romans. Romans 12, 2, it says, God will reveal his good, perfect plan, his complete plan. But you, 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 you got to go by his mercies. Let's read that again together as we close. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's great mercy... To offer your bodies. Be ready. Be ready. Yield your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Your reasonable worship. It only makes sense that you give all of this to God in worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then. Then you will be able to test. Approve. Discern. Realize. Dissect between your own agenda and God's leading what is his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And the last thought I just want to leave with you as before we, we, we have an altar call and, and do some worship is a lot of times people uh, who knows the scripture, they err, uh, falsely think that this is, there's, there's three tiers to God's will. Folks think that there is a, a decent, good uh, will for my life. All right. There's a, a pleasing, a medium, a medium uh, uh, tier of God's will. And then there is the well-pleasing or the, the perfect will of God. I've actually heard this. So people say, all right, you know, what am I ready to give? Am I ready to give 50%? I'll go for the, for the decent. Or I'm, I'm, I'm about 75%. I'll go for the, for the pleasing. All right, I'm going to go all out today. God, God this is the cherry on, on top. You know, I, I'm going to give you all I got. Today, God is on me. I'm going to get the perfect. But that's not, that's not true. That's just not true at all. In fact, Scripture says that word good means the standard of good. If you want to know God's good only will, good will, you got to do the things that we spoke about. you got to yield yourself in that way. And then the other thing means well-pleasing, acceptable. Not three tiers. What is actually and ultimately good. Your one path, the straight and narrow path. That's hard to find, as Scripture says. Many are they that go through the wide path that leads to destruction. But there is that narrow gate, that narrow path, one good path, which also happens to be well-pleasing and acceptable to God, the one that God delights. God only delights in one kind of sacrifice. In the Old Testament, he wanted a, 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 a goat or a lamb that was young within one year, without spot or wrinkle, that didn't have any birth defects, wasn't lame. And it was that only, only that way. It was holy. It was acceptable. God wants all of you. He wants the best. He wants 100%. And finally, it says the perfect actually means complete. Don't you want to know God's complete path, plan, will for your life? The complete. 
I want the bird's eye view. I don't want to just focus in on the next five minutes of my life. I want to know that my, my family, my children, my ministry, 20, 30, 40, whatever years down the road will prosper, will be established, and will bear fruit, will bring a return on God's investment. How many in the house want a return on God's investment? Want to offer, yield ourselves so that there is a return? Praise God. And if I ask you to stand as the musicians come, let's stand together. Thank God for his word. Otherwise, we would be lost. Thank you, Jesus. And so I want to offer to you an honest, honest altar call. Anybody in the house, first of all, I've got to speak it to you for various reasons. Because we heard the word. And God will prick your heart. For anything that you heard, the altar is open for you. Come meet with God. And submit. Put your life in alignment. With God's will that is safe. God's will that is secure. God's will where there's provision and protection. But I want to call those to the altar this afternoon. You've been cruising at about 65% or so. You've been just cruising there. You're looking for the exit, although you're kind of heading slowly in God's direction. Not the way that God would want you to. That's unbelief. You're going with God as long as it appears that it's going to work out for you. The word of God says, seek ye his kingdom and its righteousness first. And all these other things will be added to you. We have so many concerns and cares. But it's our job to weed those out in faith. Otherwise, it's unbelief. Otherwise, we're doubting that God is who he says he is. We are mocking God's great sacrifice and gift. He gave all for us. So brothers and sisters, I open this call, uh, this altar call now. Let's come. Let's pray together. We want to trust God. We want to trust God that he's going to take care of us, but we're going to go all the way with him. Thank you, Lord. Now the Bible says God is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He is a faithful high priest who knows exactly how it feels for us. And if you're a new believer or a struggling believer, he knows how terrifying it feels to have the sense that your, your, your enemy, your bondage is, is, is hot on your heels. And, and you're, you're bound, you, you're struggling, you can't come out from, from pursuing your passions, your lust, your ambitions. God knows. And he's done everything that he had to do He's made a way. You have to embrace that. And he will help you, but you got to step out. And for those that are fearful for so many reasons, because God's provision hasn't come through, you've waited for years, you've tried your best, but God's just not moving fast enough. And God knows for so many cases that it's scary and it's terrifying. And there's grace, but God still wants everything. And so let's pray this afternoon. Let's believe. Let's believe that God will refresh us. That God will infuse us right now with the grace, with the strength to come in again. To come in again. Say, Lord, I trust you. I see who you are. How magnificent. How great. Lord, if you are great, if my troubles, my problems are greater than you are, I'm in trouble. But God, you are so much bigger, so much stronger than my problems. Lord, I just pray for every person that has come. 
Lord, in hope, in trust, Lord, recognizing through your word, Lord, that there is promise. There is power in your words. Lord, that the living and the true God that, that does things, there's power with him. He is walking among his people. There is security. There is protection. There is a covering when we yield our bodies as a living sacrifice. Your way, not our way, but your way completely to you, Lord. Father, help. Help. I pray, I pray breakthroughs even this week, Lord God. For so many that, Lord, that have just given up. They've, they've just relented a little bit. Just a little less than what you really want, oh God. Just a little bit looking in the right and the left direction, Lord God, just to see if there's maybe another hope, another opportunity. Lord God, I pray this week, Lord, as they give again, Lord God, as they fix their eyes on you, Lord, that you rescue so many, Lord God, as you did Peter, who began to sink because the storms, Lord, the storms became overwhelming. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters. Oh God, those that come, Lord, even this coming forward, Lord, is a sign, Lord, of surrender, of submission, of yielding our bodies. Lord, do what you want to do. Build up your church. Build up your kingdom. Honor and glorify the name of Jesus, who is the standard of life and light and righteousness and godliness and all that is good and right in our world and for eternity. And Lord, I pray, oh God, I pray, Father, that every person here would be like a seed today, Lord, that's planted. Lord, that you would multiply and cause it to multiply 30, 60, and 100, oh God. Lord, that this submission today, Lord God, in obedience and humble obedience and submission to you, Lord God, you would take it so far, oh God, to accomplish your great purposes, Lord, that every person here would find themselves, Lord God, in your perfect will, oh God, going in the direction that you're leading, oh God, on that narrow path that leads to abundant eternal life. Oh God, thank you. Lord, we just celebrate you. Can we celebrate him today? Can we celebrate him today? Lord, we celebrate you. We celebrate you, Jesus, and we honor you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.